Remember last Sunday we talked about how everything has changed since Jesus came, that everything has changed, that it's been a, a radical change in the world as, as God sees it, as we should see it through his eyes. You know, we talked about that. I want to take that to another little, another little level today and talk more about that because it's so huge to see what happened and how we should view the world as God sees the world. You know, it goes back to where he showed Peter with that vision of the, the sheet, the four corners, you know, stop calling all these people unholy for what God has cleansed, no longer call unholy. So, so from God's view, he really sees forgiveness has been accomplished for everyone. For God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto himself, not counting their sins against them anymore. And he sat down after he purged us from all our sin. Hebrews says he sat down. So it's a done work. Even though they're still in their sin, if they believe not, as Jesus said, if you don't believe on me, you'll die in your sin. But the the thing that has happened in the atmosphere, if you want to look at it that way, is that think about the, remember the tree of life was guarded by the cherubim, the swords of fire to guard the way to the tree of life. And God said, no, they they can't enter there because they, they couldn't, we couldn't enter there in our fallen state. And this is a great mystery, but he actually said, lest they be stuck in evil for eternity. There's something about the tree of life and evil together. If it's mixed, it's, it's not good. So God blocked life, the tree of life, from us so that we wouldn't uh, step into it or could, could not access it until the reconciliation on earth. Um, so what's happened in the atmosphere, if you want to look at it this way, the atmosphere is that there, there is this door that used to be shut. And this door that used to be shut was guarded, if you want to say it that way, by angels, cherubim, flaming swords. It was God's way of saying no entrance to mankind. And what has happened through the work of Christ, as Jesus said in the book of Revelation, he said, I have opened the door that no man can close now. And I have shut a door that no man can open. I have shut a door that no man can open. And I've opened a door that no man can close. What, ha- what has happened is he- for a brief period of time, for a brief period of time, God chose a people through Abraham, the Israeli people. He chose a people and cut a covenant with this people and showed them shadows of a good thing that was coming to the to the entire world and one of the shadows he gave this people was access to him they had access to the eternal god the only people on the earth that had access that's why they that's why jesus said salvation is of the jew they were the only ones who had the voice of god speak to them from the mountain he didn't speak to any other nation They heard the very voice of God. That's why the word or the scripture is so important to the Jew and should be important to us. But they actually actually heard his voice and and they trembled, the scripture said. So this special people were called aside so God could reveal shadows of what was going to come for the whole world, for all people, for for the promise to Abraham was that in your seed, Abraham, which Paul says in Galatians is referring to Christ, not seeds as many, but Christ... In your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. 
So the seed of Christ was not just for the Jew, but it was for all the families of the earth, but to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. And there was a picture that was being painted so we could understand these heavenly realities when it, when it came to fruition in the fullness of time when Christ came. So what I'm saying is that one of the shadows in this relationship with the Jewish people that God had, one of the shadows was they gave him, they gave them, I mean, he gave them access to him. And it was through a veil. And it was only one, one man could enter behind that veil once a year and go supernaturally to in a sense, another dimension. In other words, step into the realm of God. The Holy of Holies was a perfect cube. It was a perfect cube in diameter. It is a picture of heaven on earth. Hebrews says that the high priest under the old covenant entered into the Holy of Holies, a picture of heaven, a picture. But Christ has entered into heaven itself. Heaven itself, okay. So this cube that was in this behind two veils, actually, you had the veil that, of the holy place where you went beyond that veil into the holy place where you had the table of showbread and the, the candelabra and the altar of incense. Then the second veil into the holy of holies where the priest entered only once a year there where the Ark of the Covenant was, a picture of the throne of God, you know, symbols of this other realm this heavenly realm okay the door that jesus is talking about as having closed that no man can open is this door this door this veil this cube this relationship with the jewish people he closed it in fact when he died on the cross the veil was rent signifying it's over this day this door is closed by opening the veil he's he's saying it's closed by ripping it open, he's saying it, it's closed. See? And the scripture says, Hebrews says, that the veil was actually Jesus' body. Hebrews 10, I believe, verse, I forget the verse. Maybe not 10, but it's, it says that the actual, the true veil is actually was the body of Christ. The veil was a picture of the body of Christ, of Christ himself. That's why the moment he died on the cross, simultaneously that veil was rent, signifying his death, ended that door, closed that door. Those who sewed the veil back up and continued sacrifices, God did not recognize. And they did. They sewed the veil back up and they, came, they continued to offer sacrifices until Rome came to Jerusalem and leveled the place, as Jesus said, would happen and not stone, one stone would be left upon another. And so in a very real sense, that's how a lot of people are in the church. They're still, they're still trying to access God through a door that he closed. Through religious sacrifices and ritual and things that are seen and s- pictures and symbols and not the reality. The woman in Samaria said, uh, we are Samaritans. We're half Jew, half Gentile, and, and we worship in this mountain. But you Jews worship in this mountain in Jerusalem. Which mountain should we worship in? Which place? Which holy place? Where's the place that heaven is on earth? Where's the place where we meet God? Where's the place? Where's the place where heaven is on earth? Where's the cube? Where's the cube? Where's the place that's on earth where we can meet God? And Jesus said, woman, the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers 
will not worship in that mountain in Jerusalem where that shadow of heaven was, that cube behind that veil, nor in your mountain. But the true worshipers will worship in another place, in the spirit. For the Father seeketh such. Spirit and truth are the word there in the Greek is the reality, the real. Not a picture, not a cube, behind a veil of all just shadows of the good thing to come, but in the reality. Okay, all right, this is so cool. Jesus said, I have shut a door that no man can open again. And anytime man tries to approach him by sacrifices and religion and ritual and penance and all these things, that door is shut. It's dead. It's death. But he has opened a door that no man can shut on you. He has opened a door that no man can shut. No man can shut. No religious group, no preacher, no Pharisee, no scribe, no Bible scholar. Nobody can shut this door on you. He's opened a door that no man can shut. That door is himself and the place the cube the perfect cube which was a picture of heaven is also himself when he said okay this is the thought that i'm trying to get across salvation see salvation we hear that word salvation i'm saved i'm not saved salvation um salvation really is not about uh, being good. It's not about doing good. It's not. A, that's the door that's been shut. What, what salvation is all about is you and I being brought from one place to another place. God knew we couldn't do it. We couldn't be good enough. We couldn't, you know... He showed true salvation is about being brought from one place to another place. It's also about that place being placed in you. It's reciprocal. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's what Jesus said. You know, the day's going to come when you'll realize that I am in the Father and the Father's in me and I will be in you and you will be in me. That is true salvation. That's true rest. That's the true Sabbath. Because this cube, of which was the picture of heaven, has now come to earth. Picture it this way. It's like the cherubim of fire have moved aside. They've moved aside. And whereas before, men could not enter into the very holy of holies, the real holy of holies, into God's presence. Now, they beckon you to come. Because the door is open. See? And the other door is closed. And to try to approach him through the old door of religion or blood sacrifice or ritual or law, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a delusion to think that that is the door now. And they actually did that. They sewed the veil up and they continued to, to approach God in a, at a place where he had moved. And it already said, that's, that's not the door. Um, there's a verse, uh, Ken, I think went to go get it 
maybe you guys can find it for me, but there's a verse. Remember the verse where Jesus is talking and he says, it's in one of the gospels. He says, have you not read? Because they were, they were giving him a hard time because his disciples were eating on the Sabbath and doing stuff on the Sabbath. And so he gives two examples. Did you find that verse, Ken, necessarily? All right, no problem. We'll, we can, I bet some we'll find it. But there were, the Pharisees were giving him a hard time about his disciples eating on the Sabbath and doing work on the Sabbath. And he gives them two examples. And the two examples he gives them, he says, Have you not read how David went into the temple and got the showbread from the holy place, which is only for the priest? It's against the law for anybody to eat that but the priest. David went into the temple and got the showbread and brought it out and fed his men because they were starving. He went, there was no food, and they had to go into the temple to get food for his, for his men. And, and Jesus tells that story to show how no, no judgment fell on David because of that. Matthew 12? Matthew 12? Oh, awesome. Matthew 12. Okay, awesome. Thanks, man. Is that the, also the one that talks about going into this, these, the uh, temple... And the next one after that, does he talk about the temple, the priest? Okay, good. Is that it? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Okay, awesome. Yes, awesome. Matthew 12. Matthew 12, um, beginning with verse 1. Okay, awesome. Matthew 12, verse 1 through 8. So the first example the Lord uses is that no judgment fell on David because he got this bread from inside the temple to meet the needs of his soldiers. The second example he uses is when he says, and have you not ever read that the priest break the Sabbath, break the law? They break the law every Sabbath because they work on the Sabbath, which is against the law. They break the law every Sabbath because they're in the temple working. They're trimming the wax. They're doing the, the uh, showbread. They're doing the, the incense. They're working. They're moving. They're working. He says, have you not read that the priests break the law every Sabbath? And yet, they are blameless. Because they are inside the temple. You see it? And then he says this. He says this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, one greater than the temple is among you. That he knew what? He knew, yes. Dave, I believe David knew. Exactly. David knew God's heart. Yeah. David was one who prophetically could look beyond his covenant. Psalm 51, he says, you don't desire the blood of bulls and goats. This is not really what it's all about. I see what you really want, Lord. And then he said, oh, just blight out all our sins and create in us a new heart, a new spirit, a willing spirit. A willing spirit. That's what you want. And that's what we got in Christ. He, he prophetically yearned for what you and I have. So yeah, David saw God's heart. So he, he had no fear of going in there and getting the bread. He knew that God's more concerned with my men than this ritual because 
David saw beyond the ritual. He saw the end of the ritual. He saw the purpose of the ritual. He saw the heart of, heart of God and went right in there with no fear and got the bread with arm loads and says, here, men, here. And no judgment fell. In the same way, the priest in the temple break the law every Sabbath and yet are blameless. These things are written so that the Messiah could bring it to light and say, see what happened here? See what happened here? Because it's not a matter of what they were doing. They were breaking the law. It's a matter of where they were. David was in the temple when he took that bread, therefore blameless. The priests were in the temple when they were working, therefore blameless. And the Lord said, it's not a matter of what you do. God is coming to you. There's another ark coming that you'll get in. And this ark will take you through judgment to another world. And in this other world, you'll see a rainbow in the sky. Not because you deserve it, but because you're in the ark. It is the place that matters. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I'll come back that you may be where I am. That's been hidden from the church that, you know, we've talked about that several times that the truth of that scripture has been hidden for the church, from the church for centuries. It is not talking about his second coming. He's not talking about his second coming. See the church, many, the, many in the church put all of his work future. It's all going to happen when he, when he comes again. That's when we'll be righteous. That's when we'll have this place where we'll be with him. That's, it's all future. No. This place has been on earth for over 2,000 years. This cube, this access has been on earth in the spirit for every generation who hears and believes. In fact, you and I have become, the scripture says, living stones, the dwelling place of God himself, a living temple. He never wanted just a temple of stone, but a living temple where he could live through us and us in him because we're in the place. He who abides in the secret place of the most high, the scripture says, this is it. He is the secret place. It's secret because it must be revealed. There is a place by God, near God. Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. I want to see, Lord, show me your, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I'll have all my goodness pass before you. But first, I've got to put you in a place. He says in the Exodus, he says, there is a place near me. There's a place I have to put you in first. And he put him in the rock. And we sing about it. Rock of ages, cleft for me. And he put him in the rock, which is Christ. You see it? You see it? Only in the place, Christ, can we see the glory of God, his goodness. That's what I'm saying. It's a whole different world. It's right here. It's here. The, the, it's here. It's inside of you and you inside of him. It is, this is by revelation we see, oh my God, the hour is coming and now is, woman, you'll not go to this mountain or that mountain. It's coming, a new 
place, the real, the truth, the real is coming. The cube is going to give way to liquid. It's going to be water. It's going to flow. And you're going to be encased, sealed within. You're going to have this seal, the outer man and the inner man of soul and spirit is going to be encased with water. The spirit of God is going to come up from the spirit, spirit, soul, body, and from the spirit. Spirit, it's going to flow over the soul. And this person within you, the real you, the inner man, is going to be encased, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And though you're in the body, sin is now quarantined in this body. You have been separated from your sin as far as the east is from the west. You are in the cube. You are in heaven itself. You sit with him in heavenly places in another realm. And that's why though you sin at times and I sin at times, we are blameless because we are in the true temple. Isn't that awesome? That is what we have now. So it's, it's a matter of inviting people as we see as God sees, everybody's forgiven. Everybody's reconciled if they'll just receive it. If they don't receive it, I'll repeat myself because I know people get worried when I say stuff like that. If they don't receive it, yes, they'll die in their sins. And they will be, they'll face a judgment for their sins. And they'll be judged for their works. And nobody, nobody passes the test. But if they receive it, if they, can, if they see the doors open, come, believe, Come, the scripture says, you who have no money, come and buy. The scripture says, you who are thirsty, come and drink. I will give you the water of life freely. No ritual, no work, no penance to get there, no effort. The angels have moved aside. It is a wide open door to the cube, the real cube, the perfect place, which is Christ himself. Isn't this awesome? Awesome. Awesome. And we're in him and he's in us. And what's so cool about it? It's a him. It's not a thing. We're in him. We're in him. We're in him. And he's in us. And though we stumble in many ways, James says, you know, we're learning how to live by him. Yet we are blameless. Because God brought the place to us. We couldn't go to him. He came to us. No wonder the angels announced at his birth. We have great news of great joy. Which shall be to all people. Heaven's coming. And you don't deserve it. But that's not the issue. Heaven is coming. Peace on earth. Goodwill from God toward man. Because of what he's going to do through his son. The angels would would say something like, probably would say something like, you have no idea what value is coming to you. Heaven is coming to you. Heaven is a gift. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom through his son's work. All shall be reconciled. Finally, all that he spoke would be realized. All that were shadows with the Jewish people, a door that was limited and small and a shadow. Only one man a year could go in that place, which is also a picture of Christ. For I have shut the door that no man can open anymore. 
And I've opened another door that no man can shut. And we beckon all people to come now freely. You who have no money, come and buy. You who are thirsty, come and drink. Come, 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 come. It's wide open. It's wide open. I talked to a brother the other day, well, actually by email. And he said, uh, he said I see that, that passage about how the gate is narrow and the road is narrow. He says, you know, the gate is narrow and the road is narrow. We've got to watch how we walk, you know, in the, in the earth, you know, so we don't, you know, so we're obedient and everything and but don't fall off the road and all this. And I went, oh, yeah. And he said, he said and I'm, I'm, wor- I'm working on this narrow road um, and I'm going to get to that gate. One day. So he saw his view of life and his journey with God. His view was the narrow road is, is, is now trying to get to the gate. And he saw life as a narrow road of, of obedience to statutes and commandments and so forth. So that if he's good enough, he gets to go through the narrow gate at the end when he dies. And I wrote him back. I said, brother, it's just the opposite. It is a narrow gate, but the scripture doesn't say the road's narrow. Have you ever read that? Read that, read that again. It doesn't say the, narrow, the road's narrow. It's the gate that's narrow. Only the gate. And the gate is not some goal to reach. The gate is the starting point. The gate is Christ now. To believe on him is to go through this door, the gate. Narrow because it's only through him and none other. Narrow because you have to walk in with just you and not your grandfather, or your daddy, or your mama. Nobody else's faith, just you. Narrow because it's him and it's only him and you. But it's plenty of room for you. Just narrow. Walking through the gate of life. He said, he who enters this gate enters into life. Now what's on the other side of this gate? The scripture says that just the gate is narrow. The other side is freedom. Yes. Everybody always says it's a narrow path, and I'm like, well, then why am I in this wide field? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I've been wondering that for so long. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> David, that's it. David said, you have brought me to a broad place. David said, prophetically, speaking of Christ, you have brought me to a wide open place. In him, it's, it's wide open. The scripture says, the prophets said that when Christ would come and open this door, the scripture says that by the prophets that, the, a, that a highway of holiness would be open to man, that even the fool couldn't fall off of it. Isn't that awesome? As opposed to a tightrope of trying to be good and, and good enough and holy enough, the prophet said, oh, no, no, you have no idea what's coming. Consider not the things of old. Behold, he does a new thing. And this highway of holiness is going to be so wide and so big that even the fool, the wayfarer, is how he says it, the wayfarer will not fall off of it. Because you can't fall off of it because you're in it. You're in the place. Isn't that Awesome. Oh, no wonder it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. No wonder we know that the day is going to come when he is able to present us before him in the excellency of his glory, blameless with exceeding joy, unspeakable, Jude says. And to live now by faith with this hope is what 
a walk with God on earth is all about. That we might be filled with hope, the scripture says, by believing. That we stand in this grace and exalt with exceeding joy, Paul says. Hope, great hope and boldness. Peace. Peace with God and peace within. Because of what he did through his son. He brought heaven. In the spirit, the real heaven, which is why we are seated with him now in this heavenly realm, which is why Paul says you've been translated out of the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. You have been moved to that place that he prepared through his death and resurrection. You are where he is. He is where you are. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. The place. This is the word, the truth that defeats all the lies of the enemy. There's no match to this. That's why when they were nipping at Jesus' disciples' heels about eating on the Sabbath, he was trying to teach them no, one greater than the temple is here. That's why they can eat whatever they need. I am the true Sabbath. I am the true temple. See, he said this. He said, the truth is with you. Speaking to his disciples, he said, the truth is with you now. And because you're with me, you're good. You're good to go. You're with me. The truth is with you. But it shall be in you, he said. When I finish what I'm going to do, it shall be in you. I'll be in you. And you'll be in me. And you'll be good to go. Yeah, Teddy. Yeah. Yes. It's all about him. That's exactly right. It's not about a day. It's all, all these things were shadows of the good thing to come. Colossians says, let no man judge you by meats or drinks or holy days or of the Sabbath. He says Sabbath in Colossians. For all these things were shadows, but the substance is Christ. The, the reality is Christ. It's awesome. That's great. See, these, these are the things that we feed on. This, we feed on this is bread from heaven. This is, this is, we eat and drink of this reality and we, we invite other people to come through this door. Behold, I have shut a door that no man can open. There's now neither Jew nor Gentile nor Greek or Scythian, barbarian, male nor female. It's not of this earth anymore. The real door has been opened. Behold, Open a door that no man can shut. Come boldly now. With no fear. Even as David and the priest worked in the temple with no fear. And did things that were unlawful. No fear. And contrary to religious thinking. This reality does not lead you to a lifestyle of the flesh. That's what religion gets worried about. Oh how can this. You know 
Because religion sees the only way you can modify behavior is through fear. Fear of judgment, accountability. That's how religion sees, that's how the world sees behavior is modified. And you know they're right. That the fallen world, the law is the fallen, is, the law is for the fallen world, the scripture says. The law is not for the righteous, it's for the unrighteous. Because the unrighteous don't have the life of God. So in that sense, they are correct that it, it takes jails, it takes prisons, it takes uh, judges, it takes laws, it takes police, it takes these things to modify the behavior of the fallen, of the blind, through fear of judgment. In order to keep some peace in the world. But that's not for you. You've left this realm. You're in the cube. You're in the heavens. You're in a place where there is no law. There's only life. And life begets life. Life will beget after its own kind. Like the orange tree. The orange tree over here would... You know, if you, like we said the other Sunday, you don't tell an orange tree you have a responsibility to bear oranges. You know, I'm going to hold you accountable to bear oranges because that's what you should do. That's the right thing to do is bear oranges. And I'm going to hold you accountable and you're responsible for bearing oranges. And the orange tree would speak back and say, responsibility? Accountability? I, I, I don't know what you're asking. All I know is that I'm an orange tree in this place and I just do who I am. I just produce oranges. That's who I am. I just, I'm an orange tree. That's what it's like in life, in his life. It produces after its own kind, bearing much fruit as we simply abide in him and he in us in a conscious way, because it's true whether we believe it or not. If you're a believer, it's true whether you believe it or see it or not. But if we consciously engage and eat of this truth the fruit grows exponentially faith to faith from glory to glory so we can either be a tree that bears only 30 fold fruit as Jesus said because even though it's true uh He's tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. He's afraid of this. He's afraid, of, oh, this preacher said I got to do this. Oh, this preacher said I got to do that. Oh, this, uh, that. Or we can be a tree that bears a hundredfold fruit because we cast off these things because we know the truth. And we go from faith to faith and the life flourishes. You see it? Still both going to heaven, still both his trees that he loves. But once he said bears 30 folds, some 60 folds, some a hundredfold because the hundredfold tree is refuses to listen to any other voice but the voice of his shepherd. Awesome. Lord, thank you so much for helping us see the place has come, the place, the cube, the reality. Salvation is not about doing, it's about being brought on the wings of eagles to where you are. Oh, Israel, I'll bring you on the wings of eagles to my place, to where I am. And the two wings of the great eagle were given to her that she might fly to her place, place prepared by God. And in that place, she is nourished and protected from the face of the serpent.
And though he opens his mouth and tries with a flood of words to overcome her, the earth opens her mouth. For the invisible things of God are clearly seen and understood by the things that have been made. And the earth itself will speak to you. Behold the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. Behold the stars, Abraham. And the earth opened her mouth and drank in the flood that came from the serpent's mouth. And the woman kept her peace and her rest in the place that God had prepared. Nourished, protected. Clothed with the sun, the stars in her hair. His bride, whom he nourishes and cherishes. Awesome. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes in this generation. I think the end of all things is near, and you're opening our eyes. For he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Thank you, Father. This place. Oh, this awesome place. It is glorious. It is here now. Amen.